Welcome to Megan Meets, a podcast hosted by me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Ireland's first dedicated natural health spa, offering flotation therapy, infrared and traditional Finnish saunas, contrast therapy, and no contact compression massage and more. Salt is located two minutes from the M6 motorway on the outskirts of Galway City, and they stock a wide range of Irish health and wellness products. Take time to look after you this year at Salt, experts in holistic wellness. Keep listening for special offer at the end. In the first series, I'll be exploring health and wellness and each guest will be chatting to me about the work they do. You'll learn more about alternative healing methods, health, happiness, and so much more. Get involved by using the hashtag MeganMeets. Hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family or those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed. Welcome back to Megan Meets and uh, I did take a little break but I'm back and I'm now sitting with Fiona McDonough from Law Clinic in Gort in South Galway. How are you getting on? I'm delighted to be here. Now I should say we, we go back a long way as they say. <laughs> yes. um, you're friends of my mum Pauline and um, we've, I've known you for years now um, and I've obviously been following your journey as well so uh, I'm delighted to be here in Law Clinic. My first time here and I have to say I've just when I came in I just I suppose like probably a lot of people probably noticed the the sense in here and the kind of relaxed the beef of, yes. yeah I just kind of came in and I was like ah yeah well I, I I like that aspect of it I'd like it reflects my character I wouldn't say now my whole my, my house is quite so zen I live with three teens so, <laughs> you know that's working against the grain there but um yeah in here to me it's important that people come in and feel relaxed because to feel relaxed in a treatment space is really a, a massive part of having a benefit from the treatment for me personally. Yeah. And I, if anything, I've learned over the years from various people that I've gone to have treatments with myself, I would have taken elements of what they have done, you know, and there's some things I would say, oh, I don't really like that, but there's something I like about that or whatever. So all the art on the walls is by people that I know. Um, they've either been gifted to me or yeah. I have bought them over the years. And to me, their energy is in the space too. Yeah, the butterfly. Oh, right behind me, I'm like, yeah. oh. That was a friend of mine from Inishmore who, um, she loved painting butterflies, so I asked her if she'd do a piece for me um, with the chakra colours. Yeah. And but- butterflies and dragonflies symbolise uh, transformation. So I like to think that when people come in, this being my treatment room, that people leave transformed. I so. absolutely love it. Um, I have to ask though, how did you first, we'll say, get into the kind of health and wellness field? Uh, well, I used to work as a chef before I had kids and after I had them, I was always interested in herbs and what we eat mm. and I'm a big believer in that, that we are what we eat. Uh, so herbalism was really where I was going to go first. Um, but then as part of my training, my initial three years was a diploma in naturopathy and I was introduced to Chinese medicine. Um, and I thought, oh my God, it's bonkers and yet makes so much sense. Yeah. But then I suppose over the years, what I've realised as well is, as I was saying to you before we started recording, my mum passed away years ago when I was about 14, she passed away of a brain haemorrhage. And at that time, I remember watching loads of National Geographic videos on, or cassettes, you might remember, <laughs> VHS, um, on the brain. Now, it wasn't oodles and oodles of them. But I always think maybe that's where it kind of came from. I'd yeah. try and get a handle and an understanding around what happened to her. Uh, or maybe why it happened, yeah. or if there was anything that could have been done differently. Not not saying that her her medical care was there was anything wrong with it. Um. So I think maybe the seed was planted from then. And I often do think of my mum actually when I'm practicing because when I was little she would say to me, "You'll never make a nurse," and I go, "Now look at me," 
I used 14 needles with that person. I've been an <laughs> acupuncturist, that is, not uh, any other kind of needle. And, yeah, so it's, there's, there's often elements of thing, different things you remember over the years. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she set me up with a challenge from years ago. I don't know. I think um, grief then maybe sometimes brings us to a place where we go exploring maybe as well. I find in my case, like I said, I'm always been so open to this health and wellness and like kind of alternative healings and I think mum has always Mm -hmm. kind of brought us up that way as well but I think after losing Marcus and dad I definitely tried so many different types of healing yeah Yeah, because I was like something has to ease the pain and I always found that I always got healing off various different types of oh yeah and and you know I could have a hundred certs on my wall and it doesn't make any difference what it says I'm qualified in if you don't resonate with me I may not be the person for you and there's heaps of different people who work in different ways um I actually interestingly I've had this conversation with a number of clients before I said I actually really like my clients there's you know I learn something from them and I don't mean in terms of even their body or in terms of my work but like from farming ideas to painting this woman was talking about to me today to even nursing in Australia to nursing here. Do you know what I mean? So I'm always like, oh, that's really fascinating. And I go home going, God, do you know what I heard today? Or what I learned today? <laughs> or a Tyler I was treating one time and he said, oh, bathrooms live the new living rooms. And I was like, really? So explain, you know. Or sheep farming. That's another one I learned an awful lot about from my treatment table, believe it or not. <laughs> I actually, I find out when it comes to, to places like, like here, like law, it's, I think you people get drawn in or for, I always think it's a kind of, it's meant to happen. I always think the right people come to the right places it's like, I think you kind of when you know where you need to go you get drawn to it like I find you might see the sign love and then someone who you might listen to this podcast and then you might see love on Instagram and then you might you know you might come up somewhere else and then suddenly it's like wait a second love yeah, now is I'm tripping quite, over it yeah, yeah it's like this is just calling me like that's what I found so far with the podcast um, I had um, a bioenergy healer on the first podcast and my friend said to me she goes do you know what she goes I've been told for ages now to go to a bioenergy healer and she was like that's this is the last sign now she goes because it's coming yeah. to me too much yeah. and I was like that's just so fascinating but I want to get on to um some of the work you do here and um I, I ha- have a piece of paper in front of me because I've been trying to say this word and for some reason I can't say it now there is a lot of treatment to do but one of the first ones I want to talk about is craniosacral therapy um, that's something that's been coming into my life the last few I just feel like I'm hearing so many more people talk about it mm. and then one of my aunt she's like she absolutely swears by it um, and then when I saw that you did it I was like oh my god this is just all the signs coming together mm. what is craniosacral therapy? Uh, so the wording even itself cranio relating to your cranium as in your head and sacral the triangular bone that's at the base of your spine but it's an all over body treatment non-invasive non-manipulative and very gentle i have treated from one week old babies to 92 year olds with it and anything in between and i would often combine it with acupuncture with people um as part of it but i don't necessarily say i know this part is this and that that." (laughs) Uh, but i've often had people who would get up from the table and say i don't know what you were doing at that last little bit there but there i felt something (laughs) um so how it works would be it's a training over two years and um it's like it's it's a bit more than tuning into somebody's body you you, it is a hands-on um therapy as i say but you use your fingers almost like and your thumbs like almost like 10 ears like they're tuning in and listening to the body in a different mm. way. And it's trying to balance it by helping it to encourage it in the right direction. So even a lady I was I was treating there during the week, like a type of massage that I do, it's quite gentle. But I think if you nudge the body in the right direction, it's more inclined to follow that path. It's like dealing with a teenager um, <laughs> where, you know, if I said, no, go through that door and go and do this, yeah. it might go, no, I will not. So 
it's that kind of idea behind it that if the within the right circumstances the body has has its own innate intelligence and can take itself on the path and just sometimes like one of the reasons I call my clinic love is because I work with my hands and I really do believe that sometimes everybody needs a hand and that can be mentally emotionally physically so with that kind of understanding yeah. that you can help the body to support itself to go on its own innate intelligent journey. Now sometimes it takes longer than others. Treating babies would you often be only one treatment. But I brought all my kids for craniosacral therapy. Uh my eldest son I would have said because uh he wasn't sleeping very well but I think that was actually first time mommy meets new baby. Um and it was it was a few months in. Um but my daughter actually she was one of twins. Uh she had constipation. Mm-hmm. and he she had she'd hate me for this now but she um she had two months where she had an awful lot of pain um and really uncomfortable and one session with this guy and gooing and gaying up at him and she made a bowel movement and i blown away and then a friend of mine was training when i was beginning my training we did swaps and i went over to her and had loads of treatments and i would say the first six or seven was like to train my body to tone it up almost yeah. and then after that i had the most amazing experiences on a bed where I went oh my god I would love to be able to do this with people like things like I went back to, in time to physical sensations to just relief and ease in my system and I just really see the benefit of it and I find it's amazing for what it can do and where it can take people so I would have clients that would come just for craniosacral but I would have those as well that I would combine as I say acupuncture with craniosacral Sounds absolutely incredible. And when you were kind of describing there about, um, I don't, for some reason I was getting visions of like kind of radio frequencies and kind of as mm. almost like seeing that as kind of part of it because I know both you and I are involved in radio as well and I could kind of just see when you were talking about that, I kind of felt like you were saying about the antenna and stuff and I for some reason I was just imagining this radio frequency going on mm. and that's kind of the picture I was getting. Um, how, how long, is this like around for, is this one of these... No, a long time, or is it... not not as a not as a standalone therapy. It comes from the school of osteopathy. Okay. Um, it would have as a standalone therapy became something uh, or became what it is as we know it. Uh, probably in the early seventies. Oh, wow. But um, a lot of um osteopaths, if they're trained in the UK or in France, actually they are cranial osteopaths. So that's where it comes from. Wow. Um, but it's uh, a, the guy who's the founder of osteopathy there's a lot of like he did a huge amount of tests on himself around using pressure on his own cranium and he built these helmets and things like that to see what effects they would have and it got to the point apparently I believe that his wife said right that's enough of that trial and error on yourself so yeah that's kind of where it comes from osteopathy okay so it's been studied then at like obviously very hundreds hot, of years yeah at university level and everything so that's actually really fascinating because I always ask my my guests about you know the kind of because there's people who listen kind of go but what's the science behind that or what's the they want to like to know more the kind of um ins and outs and i'm always thinking like well, where the theory yeah and, and i'm like it. and you know i mean it doesn't appeal to everybody mm. for some people it's a bit too softly softly um and i know like somebody who likes a deep tissue massage they'd be like no i need you know i need to really feel it so yeah. i need the work being done but um for those that uh, come to me I've treated people who've had knee pain um, back pain uh, sore necks trauma from car crashes I would have had a lot of it actually because I was training at the time when I had a car accident as well which actually was a blessing in disguise um, well I didn't see it quite as a blessing at the time but yeah I, yeah. Now, I now know that I was blessed um, but yeah um, jaw pain from having dental work done um, back pain as I say back pain ne- neck and head issues headaches uh, fibromyalgia 
Yeah, all a variety. And with babies, not always, but sometimes it's, it's often a digestive issue. And sometimes that's a trauma from birth. And we can have birth traumas that live and stay with us for many years. I've actually, I've actually heard that. Um, and that's, um, that's interesting too, because as you said there, and I have a friend and she went for a massage recently. And she was like, oh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't sore enough and it wasn't hard enough. And it wasn't mm. this. Well, I'm like, sometimes it's not about that. You don't have to, shouldn't you? You don't always have to feel pain to no. get relief. And I think that maybe that's what a lot of people need to understand with, with certain, I suppose, treatments. Yeah, it really depends on the person. But if that's the model, if, if you go to a masseuse and this is what they've done, if you go to somebody different for whatever reason and they do it a different way, it can be like, oh, I didn't know there was another way. Yeah. I didn't know there was another way, slightly method of doing it. Uh, it really depends on the person. Um, and it depends, yeah, sometimes. Like if you're traumatised from uh, quite shocking, we'd say, a car accident, for example, oh, I couldn't imagine anybody wanting to, a deep tissue massage after that. True. But being nourished and held can be wonderful for down-regulating the nervous system. And the nervous system and your endocrine system are two of the foundations of our being. And I'm not saying cranial it's not the only thing it works on, but one of its one of its really wonderful things is the fact it can really down-regulate people's nervous system. So it switches off that flight-or-fight response, which can be a thing that can happen even from something as uh, as wonderful as birth. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's actually, that's incredible. And... Um... Yeah, I suppose when you mentioned there, like the nurse, sometimes people just want me nourished and held. And straight away, I was thinking of like my inner child mm-hmm. and how the inner child, a, a lot of people, are inner, our inner child needs to be held. And sometimes just needs to be just like, just feel in a real safe space. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not everything comes from childhood, but a lot of things do. I want to talk now about this sound therapy because I came in the, the room here and I saw and I don't... I'm, My I don't, babies. Yeah, what are... I don't like... What's the right word for them? Because I was like... Gongs. I don't to, gongs. I was like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, they're not drums. And I was like... Um, I was wondering, and as soon as I saw them, I was like, I knew, I knew from from your social media that you did sound therapy. Is that for sound therapy or is that Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's, the picture here is my oh, feet yeah. and my giant bowl. Okay, so how does that work? So sound therapy was something that I had never really heard of until about 10 years ago. We went on a camping trip as a family and it was actually my 40th birthday. So I was giving you a little hint there about where I'm going <laughs> this year. Um, and uh, it was the day of my birthday and this gong bath was on, but it was always a very busy workshop and everybody wanted to attend it. But somebody who I was camping with said, oh, you can take my place. And I went and I said, oh, how do I dress in this bath? And she said, um, what? What are you talking about? You're lying on the floor. Amongst anyway, so I went in and... The woman was standing probably about 15, 20 feet maybe away from me. She might have been 10 at one point and 20 another. And um, I felt physical like reactions in my body to some of the sounds and went, opened my eyes and thought, how the hell should she do that? And went, okay, that's interesting. Maybe it was in my head. Closed my eyes again. Sometime later, same thing. So this was about a 90-minute um, workshop. Um, and sometime later, similar things. And I just went, oh, I don't know how she did that. But I like it. <laughs> Um, so I went off and I studied then uh, singing bowls and then I've gone on and done um, a specific gong, uh, two-day gong workshop. Um, so how it works is that when these instruments are played, they vibrate at the equivalent of our theta brainwave. And when you're bathed in the sounds of these instruments over, they say, a 45-minute period is kind of optimum so mine are usually 90 minutes long um because i find that you need a little bit of time to settle in and a nice little bit of time to come back out again um so when you're bathing the sounds of these they induce that in your system so it's a it is probably the most passive way of meditating so people come to sound bath here and i have recliner chairs 
sheepskin rug, <laughs> a gluten-free eye bag, and not everybody likes the chair. Some people prefer, I have woolly bat uh, yoga mats as well, actually, and they're lovely and comforting because the more comfort you have in it, the more your nervous system will settle, yeah. the more benefit you'll get from it. So people would come and they would say things like, wow, I don't know where I went or my, I slept really well the night after. That's 90-odd percent. Um, and some people might feel quite energised, but that's not the norm. Normally, most people feel really relaxed leaving here. Uh, some people who wouldn't sleep very well sleep great afterwards. Um, and it just, it induces that theta brainwave. So, I don't know, if you practice meditation, you'll be familiar with it, how you just don't hold things quite the same. Um, mm. And because it's so passive, you just lie and receive. And that's basically it. But I've had lots of people that have come for the very first time. Um, and, yeah, I have quite a small army of sound bathers out there. My lovely sound bathers. Sound, I, love, I love the words, like sound bathers. It just sounds yeah. so nice. Yeah. But um, I suppose, yeah, because I'm thinking there now, like when I've done meditation or group classes they always make this use a sound bowl at the uh, end yeah, kind yeah, of in the yeah, session yeah, yeah. so i always actually like the sound but i suppose as well do you know they well the way like music or certain songs yes, bring out certain exactly. emotions and stuff mm. is that maybe where the, you know is that why maybe i wonder is that why certain songs trigger us in certain ways because does that all come to the would that have anything to do with uh, yes as well? to, to absolutely yeah. to a certain degree it would be similar so if you think of a concert maybe that you've gone to um and tied in with the experience of listening to the music will be the whole actual experience you know yeah. the emotive and if you've had a bit of crack or you've danced or whatever um so when you listen to that music at a, a, a different time outside of being to the concert then it in in a in a way in your like subconscious it's filed away that song with that emotion that memory and whatever else so it kind of brings that a little bit for, to the fore so it can be it can be exactly the same thing yeah I love it actually that sounds incredible I'm, I'm kind of like I have to must try sound bathing because it just it's something that I, I when you said there about the sheepskin and lying down and the things in the eyes oh, I'm like lovely. oh I just think it sounds like just the perfect way to probably I suppose relax first of all but also kind of just shut down and kind of take a break from the world yeah and because you don't actively have to do anything to get into the theta zone it's amazing and I've had all different types of like people often would say to me that um you know, I had this kind of sensation. Is that normal? And I go, it's your normal. Yeah. And there is no, there is no wrong, there is no right, there's no good and there's no bad, they're just what is. And that can be kind of a bit obtuse for people, including myself, you know, to a certain degree. But I remember coming out from my first one going, I don't know how and what she did to me, but I loved it. Um, yeah, it's funny. I think people, do you know when you talk to someone about like maybe some kind of alternative healing or something they haven't tried before, that's you always what they ask. It's like, well, what does it do or what like get from it? And it's like, well, you have to, it's like, you have Experience to try it. Yeah. oftentimes is the best explanation. And it's very subjective. Yeah. Not everybody likes every kind of thing. And, and sometimes it's the way that that person might do it. And n nothing in a negative sense, but every practitioner brings their own kind of twist to what they do. Um, now, I did notice in the room here, and I believe what I'm seeing is used for cupping. Yes, you're spot on, my dear. Um, a nice array there. Yeah, lovely colours and everything. Um, cupping, what exactly is cupping? Because I, I know my mum has gotten it done, a few of my friends have gotten it done. I actually have never gotten it done, but I, I've mm. seen like the, the pictures on social media and, and what it looks like. A, it looks like it should hurt. I remember one day, mum came home and she like pulled up her jumper and she goes, look, and I was like, what has happened to you? She goes, I went for cupping. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, cupping? I was like, what is that? And she's like, yeah. Um, so obviously you could see the marks from the mm. cupping. But yeah, what yeah. is cupping? 
Um, cupping, it's well, it's understood as being part of acupuncture, but uh, in parts of even Eastern Europe, it would be standalone therapy. Actually, I've met a lot of people from that I've worked with uh, over the years that grannies and granddads might have done it. Um, so it works on the premise of suction. So the the glass ones would be use fire in order to create heat, and then you okay. apply them to skin. And now it doesn't it's not hot hot to the skin. Um, the heat is merely to create a, a vacuum within oh, yeah. the glass cup. And then I have silicone ones. And the silicone ones you squeeze and same thing. So um, they say that five minutes of cupping is equal to about 30 minutes of a deep tissue massage. But you don't use pressure. And you're not kneading into muscles. Yeah. You're actually pulling up. So you're pulling the skin away from the fascia, the fascia away from the muscle. So you're creating actually space in between. It aids circulation. So the circles you would have seen would uh, be an indication maybe of what's going on for the person in their in their muscles. So when you see it, you go, oh, Jesus, what a, does it be battered <laughs> and bruised, but very uniformly. Um, and what it does is your body interprets it as a type of information. So it sends nutrient-rich blood to the area. So it's actually a positive negative. Um, okay. But a lot of people, I've treated a lot of people with cupping for the very first time, and they're always like, oh, my God, why did I never discover this in my life before? Shoulder issues is one, but I've used them on... Uh, soles of people's feet for plantar fasciitis, uh, IT bands, tight calves on an Irish dancer, uh, back of hamstrings, hips. Um, you can use facial cupping, up the neck, um, down the arms, repetitive strain. Uh, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. I've seen more and more, um, I suppose, um, um, athletes and sports people. You more mm. like cupping's becoming really kind of you know like more I, and more. Popular. I think I think it's probably you notice it a bit more. Okay. It's a bit like you were saying, like you kind of it's that thing of when you become aware of it, you see it more. I'm not saying that they it hasn't become more commonplace, but the Olympics actually, uh, not the last one, but the one before, so it would have been five years ago, I think. Um, I remember where that was. There was a young girl I was treating who was about 16 at the time and she told me that, oh yeah, there was this American Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, because I suppose they turn up at the Olympics and they have, the males have little to, you know, their shorts are very small. So yeah. you can see cut marks. Whereas a lot of the other sports people you wouldn't necessarily because mm. they're wearing t-shirts or vests. Um, so yeah, they would do it to help heal muscles so that they could go out then basically and, and keep going. And it would be treating... So while you have the bruise... And it's healing. Your body is treating itself, so it's take-home therapy. You could say it's. It just sounds also fascinating. And um, do, do people do people sometimes ring you up or, or get in touch with you and just say, I don't like? Do, would people come and say like I'd like to get this treatment or that treatment? Or sometimes if people come to you and say this is what my issue is, and then you can kind of mix, you mix, yeah, yeah, mix it all up and pick the treatment. Yeah, and some people might be very clear what they what they'd like, and I suggest X Y Z, and they go, Oh yeah, okay, I'll give that a go. Um. I can think of one lady and I did, uh, it was her shoulders were bothering her. She, I suggested cupping, acupuncture and craniosacral therapy. And the next time she came, she said, I'm so keen on the needle, so we could leave them out. So we just did cupping and craniosacral. She loved it and she'd come heap of times since then, you know. Acupuncture actually is, I know, it's something you do too and you've mentioned it now a few times. Um, you said there about, you know, someone was afraid of needles. But I was sometimes wondering, because I've had acupuncture done and I like that. I think I look at the needles and I go... Oh my God! What's going yeah. on here? But the the sensation is there, and it's it's the most unusual sensation because you know even though I think it's maybe is it because visually we kind of think this looks a bit. Oh yeah, and you see the still picture, and you yeah. probably well, I mean, you know, I think sometimes people think that we use a hammer and nails, yeah. and you're pinned to the bed and you can't breathe or move. Whereas people have people have fallen asleep and people have had a laugh on my bed. You know, yeah. so they're quite. Well, that was very relaxing. I go, yeah, I don't use a hammer and nails. You're not pinned, <laughs> you're not pinned to the bed and can't move. Um, 
yeah, it's it, it and again it can depend on what's going on for the person. Um, some po- points would be tend to be stronger than others. Some people feel sensations like, like electrical currents through them, and some yeah. people can feel them very locally. That's what I got now. The electric. I remember mm. feeling electricity going through me or something. I was like, oh, mm. what is this? <laughs> and tuned into your meridians. Oh, and but like an acupuncture, that's around years. Thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Oh, it is absolutely, and the theory behind it, which is partially why I got into it, um is kind of comes across as kind of bonkers but the way that they put it together and the connections between things i yeah see time and time again that wow they they were able to study bodies in a very different way yeah i remember because i i first do about acupuncture I remember in the 90s a mom would have been a smoker and she couldn't just give them up and she tried everything and then i remember she went and got acupuncture and she never smoked ever again mm. and i always found that fascinating because i think i actually went with her so i i sat in the corner and watched my mom lying there with tied off all the needles and i remember thinking what is going on here but she never smoked ever again wow yeah it's not it's not uh, smoking is one of those things uh, you have to be prepared to give it up as well yeah suppose maybe she was at the stage where she really watched it. Well, yes she, she always says it was acupuncture Mm. Mm. oh and sometimes like i as i said everybody needs a hand sometimes we all need a bit of that 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 sensation that somebody's got your back yeah as you said and i love the explanation of law of clinic now i have the flyer in my hand and that's what i've been looking at here and then i turn over and i see this absolutely like mesmerizing photo um and as you said it could look could be a picture you could put it as a postcard you could leave it anywhere and it's like a magic to it um you can explain who this lady is and the story behind her uh the goddess bridget so years ago um i came i'd be a, a big fan i suppose devotee if you want to call it that i'm doing my bardic grade actually of of uh, the order of bards ovates and druids okay. it's a personal kind of spiritual practice and i have to say i'm not the most diligent with it but i do practice it um uh but yeah i came across bridget way before i even joined them um and I just liked the story around it. And she, in terms of the pagan goddess of Bridget, is the goddess of healers, poets, blacksmiths, keeners, amongst other things. Uh, midwives as well as a big one. Um, and fertility, of course. Uh, so I was looking for something to put on the back of, like a flyer, mm. because when I had been younger, I'd done a lot of travelling and I collected postcards and I always liked that idea. Uh, but I couldn't find an image that I was massively mad about. So this girl had uh, had stayed with us at one point. She's an American girl and knew nothing about Bridget, which is probably actually was a blessing. So I sent her a whole bunch. She'd gone back to the States. I sent her a whole bunch of images and said, would you be interested in doing this commission for me? And this is what Bridget means to me. And this is the, well, it was an amalgamation of two images that actually she came up with. And um, I like its simplicity and yet it's all there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the Bridget has red hair. My daughter has red hair. As I say, she's the goddess of healers and my mother's first name was Bridget. So I always think, you know, Bridget's got my back as well. Um, and my mum passed away years ago. So I have Bridget everything now. I have cushion covers. I have a, one of my sound bathers is a very talented needle filter and hanging out in the main room is um, uh, Bridget Doll which is, she's stunning. I love her. And she looks like a right little crusty with long, she's got really long hair. And I even have one of my yoginis made me um, a needle pointed one as well. I love it. I have to say, actually, I spotted this image as soon as I came in and I mentioned to you how I have a friend now who's um, always sharing stuff about Bridget too. So I feel like in the last few weeks, Bridget has been really kind of coming up strong. I know we obviously had Loyola Brida recently as well. Mm. Um, but I just feel like I'm 
now I've kind of now I'm intrigued now I want to learn more about Bridget because I said talking to you and seeing my friend and now seeing these photos and I just in these pictures and she's going to have her own holiday next year I know finally she's getting what she deserves (laughs) it's brilliant yeah yeah I think we're great though in Ireland. So we, I think, especially I suppose, growing up in school, we all had to make the bridges cross. And I used to mm. love that day because it was a day of obviously just arts and crafts. And mm. um, you know, the bridges cross is. I think it's it's so it's in every Irish home, and it's something it's such a powerful symbol as well. I feel. Yeah, we did them as uh, I do women's circles here with the Celtic calendar every six weeks, and we did one for um, Bridget's Day, and um, yeah, we did. Uh, we had a group of lovely ladies, and we were making bridges crosses there, oh, and we also made the the bridge ogs out of the scrag ends. You know, the little dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lovely and I had a piece of cloth for each person to hang on their um, their Bridget's Cross so that they could take it home with them I love it well I'll tell you we'll have to keep an eye out for that for next year um, I want to talk about the book that's in front of me I'm just going to have to move the phone here because it is resting on it um, I'm opened up on your page The Power to Heal Us what is this book? so it's about the goddesses of Ireland it's been it's brought out by uh, Karen Ward and Bernie Sexton who Karen runs Mo- the Moon Manor Circles so in the very first 2020, in the very first lockdown, I would have actually done online training with her, which kind of the beginning of, I've always been interested in the drumming aspect of it, but the shamanic, more kind of shamanic work. And it's in relation to, uh, yeah, strong female architects, I suppose, of Ireland. Um, so she, they brought out this book and yeah, I feature it actually with Armid, who is, they say, the first goddess of healer, of herb, sorry, of Ireland. Um, and there's a few different, so each, with each goddess, there's 13 in total, because yeah. there's 13 moons in a year. Um, the magical number 13, depending on your point of view. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so she'd be not a, a slightly lesser known. I mean, she would be as well known as Bridget, yeah. or Sheila Nagigs, or Gronya or Ashling. Um, but yeah, goddess of healing and herbs. I love it. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little flashbacks from when I was in school in Spiddle because they very much so we would have studied a lot of, of these women and kind of back more Celtic and mm. folklore and I think you know it, as again I feel like I want to kind of revisit that again because it's like something that obviously it's like our our, our ancestors and our kind of our history as well mm. and mm. it being so many women it's like kind of so empowering as well well the thing I like about this book is it's not heavy heavy going so yeah. for somebody who doesn't know very much there's something about each of each 13 goddesses and um you know if you wanted to investigate more there you can go and find more books on them i mean personally speaking on bridget i have probably about six books at home <laughs> uh on the rest of them not maybe so much but yeah i think it's it's a, ni- a nice little test taster i suppose you could yeah. say nice coffee table book and there's lovely pictures in it beautiful and the, and the artwork yeah yeah and there's a, a wide range of people that are featured in it you know who wrote an article based on each of the goddesses that are involved, like Boan, the river Boan, the Boyne in, in oh, County yeah. Meath, yeah, river goddess. Where are these? Uh, do you sell these books? Uh, I had a bunch of them, yeah. I actually just shipped the back, the rest of them. And usually every every winter or every December, I've had um, a box of the Moon Manor Diaries, which I bought myself the first mm. one like four years ago. And again, they're lovely... Um, They've always got a different theme to them. This year is about trees, and I actually feature in 2022 with the Rowan tree. And there's two more. Oh, those are my my little creative aspect is making my little notebook journals uh, with the Bridget symbol. And then my daughter did this variation years ago on this uh, pop art, and it's a filter that she used on her phone. And I just really, I kept it because I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So she just made that on her phone? 
Yeah, from this image. Yeah, so she's exactly this, but just, yeah. I love it. It's kind of, um, I'm getting kind of... Um, Andy Warhol-esque. Andy Warhol, yes. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Oh, God, yeah, so no, amazing. and I love the I love the thing about with kids is they go, oh, yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's not that they don't overthink about what the end should look like. So, yeah, she just did that, and I went, I really like that. <laughs> and I kept it for probably about the last seven or eight years. I absolutely love it. I love it all. Um, Fiona, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you here in Love Clinic, I should say, in Gort in South Galway. Serves Galway, Clare, and all the surrounding areas. And uh, it's been great to catch up with you again and just to learn all about Bridget and all the various healing that you offer here and as I said it's just such a lovely space and the artwork and everything and I'm like the fact that I'm sitting beside the butterfly I'm like oh I'm in awe um but for those who are listening and think right I need to get in touch with Fiona where can we find you on social media uh I have a Instagram page Love Clinic Galway I have Facebook Love Clinic Fiona McDonough um they're probably the two where you'd find me the most um I my website as well which is loveclinic.ie Brilliant. What I'll do is I'll put those details in uh, the description with this podcast. Murder, it's me, Gurmila Milmagat. Thank you for listening to Megan Meets with me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Get 20% off single therapies at Salt. Enter Meg Meets at the checkout or in store. Check out saltfloatrecovery.com for booking and for more information. And remember, hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family or those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed.